That's right, welcome to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. I am Surly, and we have a big show on the cards today for you. Over the next hour, I look to bring you up to speed with the latest news out of the All Blacks camp. There was a media session going down overnight, so got some audio from those that we've plucked out. We'll also preview the two remaining quarterfinals that we didn't tick off on last night's show. And then Brad and I, we're going to chew the fat and talk all things All Blacks and a couple talking points that have popped up this afternoon around a potential suggested team. As always, keen to hear your thoughts and get your input throughout the show as well. Be keen to hear any potential hot takes you have, whether the possible selections, will there be any big changes to the All Blacks 23 this weekend? Again, rumours floating around there will be. Will there be an upset? Interestingly, all four Northern sides are favourites heading into these games, so can the Southern Hemisphere teams pull off the victory? 0800 150811 or text through to 8833 with your thoughts as we continue to build towards a massive weekend of quarterfinals footy. But time now to dive into the All Blacks camp. Like I mentioned, media overnight with Jason Ryan, Aaron Smith and Rico Ioane fronting ahead of that team naming on Friday morning and of course the big game on Sunday morning. Now I've gone through and picked out a number of clips to play to you and I'll come through off the back of them with my opinion as well. But one thing I did want to point out before we jump in the intensity on Aaron Smith's face throughout this press conference. He looked like a man that was ready for the biggest test of the year, one that could potentially as well be his last in the black jersey if the result doesn't go our way. Fingers crossed that's not the case, but let's kick things off by hearing from Nuggie first, who was asked around the rivalry that is formed between Ireland and New Zealand. Aaron, how would you describe the rivalry with Ireland, and has it become quite tense over the last couple of years? Um, well, my whole black career, I've had um, very tough encounters against Ireland. Um, they're who I debuted against, so it's very fond memories for me. Um, and yeah, ups and downs, wins and losses. But um, they're a great team, and they're the best team in the world. And we're just really excited about the challenge, and um, can't wait. Aaron, are we talking beers after the match with this sort of team, or do you, or do you think you might sort of <laughs> keep it separate after this one? Um, I think there's a mutual respect there, um, for sure. Jersey changes, and um, obviously there's a lot of experience in both groups, guys who have played each other a lot. Um, so I'd say there'd be a little bit of mingling, but um, I think everyone knows the stakes of what's riding on this game. Um, I know in 2019 there was quite good camaraderie afterwards, um, connecting, um, so um, I wouldn't call it a hatred or anything like that. There's a definite mutual respect, two nations, two proud nations, um, so I'd say there'd be respect there, but happiness and pain for how the result goes. So a big question there, asking the tough ones. Bears in the sheds post-game. You could hear a little chuckle there from Jason Ryan as well. You can tell that's probably of high importance for him. And hopefully the All Blacks will honour that tradition either way. One of the big talking points this week going into the game, of course, has been the influence of Joe Schmidt up against his former side. Here's Aaron Enrico Ioane speaking on the influence the former Irish coach has had on their footy so far. Yeah, I think Joe's just, he, he sees the game in a in a very detailed view and I think um, especially with us backs you know his his work in sort of noticing trends and um, other teams attacking defenses is what sort of separates him and just the detail he, he goes into and 
I think for us, um, trying to find those one percenters is, can be quite hard, but with Joe, um, he makes you know the, the sort of view of the game um, a lot easier by, by the way he understands it. So, um, yeah, he's definitely helped us um, quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with Rico. Um, a lot of experience. Um, always has clips to show you if you ask. So you've got to be careful what you ask him because it uh, <laughs> could cost you 20 minutes. But um, he's been, well, the last sort of 18 months, I've really enjoyed connecting with him. As Rico said, he sees little things in the game that isn't anything extra. He sees the positives in your own skill sets and sort of doubles down on that. And uh, a lot of the stuff is a lot around just effort and work. So some interesting insight there into the mind of Joe Schmidt and it was also interesting to hear a couple weeks back I think the same question was put to Mark Talia and Dalton Papali'i around the impact he has had on their game. They both said he's the goat of coaching when it comes to knowledge and understanding the way opposition teams play. If there's any team he knows like the back of his hand it will be the Irish so let's see what impact that has this weekend. Next up, Jason Ryan, he was asked around the fitness of Tyrell Lomax. Of course, that's been the big injury question on everyone's lips this week. But Jason Ryan has declared that Lomax should be available for selection. Yeah, he's uh, he's trained really well today, got through what he needed to, and definitely he'll be uh, considered for selection. Uh, just, I mean, you know, just speak to that in terms of the, uh, you know, having all your, all, your, all your bullets in your gun, so to speak, important. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you need, you know, when you head into a final, uh, which it is, it is a final, obviously, it's um, it's important that you, you know, if you, you've got the luxury, I guess, of picking from a squad that's uh, fully available um, is where you want to be. So you're always going to get niggles, but it's great that, obviously, in this um, player's point of view, in, in regards to Lowy, it's great that he's um, got through today and, you know, we have a pretty high-intensive training on Thursday so he'll need to tick that off as well. So great news there for All Blacks fans of course Lomax, him and DeGroote have been our premier propping duo so far this year and that is a massive inclusion for us not only at set piece time but I feel like Tyrell's skill set really does benefit our play off Ruck's phase play as well as Ability to pass, he's a great link player and he just offers us something that this All Black side is really going to need if we are to take on this Irish side up front. Next up, Ireland. They were being talked all week, sorry, they're being the benchmark of the competition so far. So the question was put to Aaron Smith, are they the benchmark and do last year's results from these games play in their mind? Their record in the last two years has really proved that. But um, we're at a World Cup. Um, we're playing in a final and it's all on the line and yeah, history's history and history's going to get created on Saturday and we'll see who comes out on top. Um, last year matters in a sense of taking the learnings but I believe we're a totally different team to um, July last year, um, got new coaches and as a group um, that series really galvanised us and yeah. I can't wait for Saturday to see what happens. Enrico, well, same question. Is there is there a hurting group from, from last year? Is it separate? Yeah, I think there's there's always going to be sort of that hurt, but you know this game on on Saturday isn't going to be about the emotion of, of last year. It's going to be about um, what we've built so far in this tournament. And as as Nogi touched on, you know, um, last year doesn't matter when it comes to finals footy because uh, the team on the day will 
will be the one. So, um, yeah, we're all excited for that. Yeah, so good to get the players' perspective on that as well. Of course, when you think back to the team last year that took on Ireland, so much has changed. Guys like Lomax weren't in the squad. I think Lester Whanganuku made his debut against the Irish on the wing. Geordie Barrett, he was at the back. I think Quintu Pyre was in the midfield. And like they mentioned, a lot of changing in coaching staff as well. So it really is a new look side to take on this Irish team, which is exciting for us All Blacks fans. Jason Ryan, of course, he wasn't involved in that series last year, but he was asked what the biggest improvements and focuses have been for the All Blacks forward pack since they last took on Ireland a year ago? Um, probably a couple of things. I, I think that you know we've had some good um, growth in our line-out, both sides of the ball. Um, I think that's been a plus for us and I think definitely um, the training quality and fixing things on the run has been quite a step up for the boys and, and just uh, not avoiding any hard conversations that need to be had. Um, that, that's a big one for us and I think the the players have been tremendous and responded and you know where we need to be where we need to be to be fair so we're happy with um, that progress and how that's come along there'll be a couple of areas and I think our carries been good as well yeah, fair to say that battle up front really is going to set the platform for which side will win this contest on Sunday. Next up, Kiwi journalist Martin Devlin really did backfence it here with a question around the fear of failure and the possibility of a loss this week, meaning that this All Black team statistically would have one of the worst records in our history. It was a long-winded question, but it got an interesting answer anyway. So here's what Ryan Smith and Rico had to say around that. The All Black jersey means uh, a lot to us and we've talked a lot in the last few months around the legacy of the Black jersey and what it, what it means and you talk about someone like Sean Fitzpatrick, um, like he probably set the All Black jersey and the legacy alight with what he did. So you know, we, are, we, are we scared of failure? No. But do we embrace the legacy and what we want to achieve? Yes, and we get excited by that and we walk towards it. Yeah, exactly what, what um, Jace has touched on. You know, we, we are never scared to lose and, um, you know, if there's any sort of questions in, in our belief, that's unwavering because we know um, what we have in this group and, um, yeah, the, for, for myself, the fear of losing doesn't, doesn't ever cross my mind. Um, just the, the, the motivation that um, this group has and sort of that we thrive and the energy, sorry, that we thrive off each other's is, is motivational, um, motivation enough. And yeah, we don't like to take a sort of glass half empty view on things. My energy is pushed towards more of the opportunity that is in front of us, the excitement of um, what we can control as a group. If you're held down by the weight of the past, um, you won't be able to do anything, you won't be able to play well. You'll be too scared to do anything, to try things, to trust your instincts. Um, being free, being energised with intent. Um, and there's plenty of intent and want this weekend. So I don't think there's the burden or the statistics or the um, weight on us like that. It's a final at a World Cup for us and we are ready to go. And of course the All Blacks have been based in Leon for the campaign so far but this week they've said bye to their base there and they've moved to the big smoke to set up camp in Paris. The question was put to Aaron Smith, does the move to Paris bring with it an added sense of pressure and the big occasion? 
Yeah, I think we're, as a group, pretty sad to leave Leon as well. We've had um, six great weeks there. Um, we had a very lovely setup, um, and uh, they were very good to us. But um, all our dreams and aspirations and hopes for this World Cup would have come to Paris, and we're finally here for real. Um, and it's in our control how long we are. But it's great to be here. You can feel the energy. Um, we've already played at that amazing stadium once this year. And we've got another opportunity this weekend. And um, it's great to see you all, the media and all that. But uh, we just had a lovely training and 20 odd degrees. And the energy and the excitement there preparing to play Ireland is, um, is front of mind. And next up, Irish media put a question towards Aaron Smith and Rico Ioane around revenge as well, which has been a big talking point in the media this week. Will the All Blacks get their revenge on the Irish and what does it look like to them? Here's the question and the answer from both of the lads. Hi guys, Ashley here from Off The Ball in Ireland. It's nice to be here. Aaron, I might come to you first. What does revenge look like for you? I know I'm sure it's a win, but it was talked about a bit last week about wanting to get revenge over Ireland. Overall, what does that look like? Um, oh, I don't see it as that, sorry. Um, so my answer will be quite boring. I just see it as a chance to take on the best team in the world at a World Cup. And then as well, are you happy that you're, you're playing Ireland in the quarterfinal? It's how the cards fell, and yeah, I'm happy, yeah. Rico, what does revenge look like for you? Or is it revenge? Is that the way you look at it? Uh, nah, I think I, um, yeah, it's not really a, there's no touch on, it's not really a revenge game. And, um, but the answer to your other question, yeah, we're, we're definitely happy to be playing on it. Um, it's the team what. So a real straight back answer there from Aaron Smith, but you do get the impression from both the lads that they've got the result they want here. They're taking on the Irish and a real chance to knock them out in the quarterfinals like we did in the last World Cup. The question was then put to Jason Ryan around the importance of a fast start to this game with a massive Irish crowd expected. Could that be what the All Blacks need to do to shut them out early doors? Here was Ryan with his answer. We've noticed um, in the last couple of games we've played, there's definitely a lot more uh, Kiwis over here now, and um, I'm sure that they'll embrace that. Look, it's um, it's just going to be an unbelievable contest. The atmosphere, I think I've said this just about every media conference, I think the way France are getting behind this World Cup and the crowds have been unbelievable. Just so special to be a part of, and it's um, you know fantastic. And she's going to be um, a massive test match that we are really looking forward to, that we know that um, both fans, sets of fans, will get right behind and be really proud of their teams. And I'm sure that you know both teams will play an entertaining, spectacle rugby because they both want to use the ball. Um, they both love playing the game. They want to play quick. Can't wait. Yep, fair to say the number of Kiwis over in Paris has definitely almost doubled, you would think. I was over in Lyon a couple weeks back and the number of All Blacks fans at that game compared to opening week in Paris was massive. It looked like a lot of people had made the commute over from London, a lot of students or young Kiwis looking to get stuck in, so fingers crossed they can afford that higher price tag for a quarterfinals ticket and they can do their best to try and drown out these passionate Irish fans. The last clip I wanted to play for you is actually out of a rugby podcast from Ireland with the Irish great and one of my favourite players to watch growing up as well, Brian O'Driscoll. He was asked to give his opinion on what will be required to beat the All Blacks and then of course Joe Schmidt's potential impact on our side. It's going to take a massive 
monumental performance against any All Black team to mm. beat them in a World Cup quarterfinal. What was that thing Bob Williams said on Saturday night? He was uh, saying that they're not the best All Blacks team there's ever been. There's never a bad All Blacks team. Never. Yeah. Never. Even, like, it, there would be teams in the world would scream out for the worst standard of All Black play. Yeah, absolutely. You know? They really yeah. would. At times so. we definitely did, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So, so t- always, I think, huge respect. Even if you've beaten them five of the last or six of the last eight or nine times, that's irrespective of that. I think there's a very healthy respect and understanding and having our old coach on their coaching ticket and potentially seeing some vulnerabilities that he dealt with in during his tenure makes it more exposing, makes you a little bit more apprehensive, a little bit more nervous that mm-hmm. maybe he has something. Also, the Rook has been Joe's mecca, has been everything to him and it's now everything to us and so what will two teams being incredibly accurate at the rook look like the winning and losing of the game we always know is at that collision zone and what happens after that scotland were pouring four and five numbers into ireland's one at times to win their own ball can't win a game like that mm. so our accuracy and then our bit our capacity as well to turn over ball i think five turnovers at the rook um, from personnel that you wouldn't anticipate as well. James Lowe last week and Conor Murray against South Africa, um, Gibson Park this week. We know we've got Doris and Porter and Tygburn, but when those people are chipping in, it, it really kind of makes you very excited and realises that the accuracy you need at every single rook is, um, is non-negotiable. The close of closeness of your key support and the winning of the shoulder will be the difference in the winning and losing of the game. So if the All Blacks, I genuinely think if the All Blacks could restrict Ireland to one or two turnovers in the game, I think they'll be in it because they'll have great clarity at the Rook and that will be a massive component in the overall outcome of, of who comes out on top. Great insight there from Brian O'Driscoll. And again, just further emphasising the importance of the breakdown. It's going to be massive at that collision area this weekend. No doubt Brody Retallick and co will be licking their lips at the thought of laying into the Irish. Right, time now for a break. When we come back, we'll have a look at the road to the quarterfinals for Wales, Argentina, France and South Africa here on SENZ. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Time now to look ahead to the road to the quarterfinals for the other four sides that are kicking off this weekend. We've got Wales and Argentina. Of course, they play Sunday morning, 4am in Marseille. And Warren Gatlin's side, they're chasing a semi-final spot for the second straight Rugby World Cup after working their way through Pool C 
undefeated. The Welsh, they began their campaign by holding off a fast-finishing Fiji side, holding on to win 32-26 after leading 32-14 with seven minutes to play. They then bet Portugal 28-8 before that impressive 40-6 thrashing of Australia, their biggest ever win against the Wallabies. A 43-19 victory against Georgia secured them the top spot in Pool C, a massive turnaround for them after a disappointing Six Nations campaign in the lead up to the Cup. Argentina on the other hand, they didn't book their spot in the quarterfinals until their final Pool D win over Japan. Michael Checker's side opened up with a disappointing loss to England. They really struggled in that game. Before edging out Samoa, they were far from convincing in that clash either. But then they put 59 on Chile before that breathtaking win against Japan, which secured them second spot. When you look at the world rankings, Wales, they're in seven. Argentina, they're in ninth. So not a lot separating these two sides. And the last time they played, there was also only seven points between that clash. 20 to 13, Wales won that one in Cardiff. And a lot of chat out of Wales camp this week has been around the availability of their two pivots, Gareth Anscombe and Dan Bigger. Here's assistant coach Jonathan Thomas speaking on the injuries to their playmakers and how they're tracking. Yeah, so um, as Hugh Bennett said yesterday, nothing's changed. Um, uh, all of those um, said injured players are at this stage. It's looking positive. Obviously, every day it will evolve and play out, and obviously we'll make that call close to the end of the week. But it's probably not as bad as first feared. You know, when um, when that happened pre-game, and obviously Liam in the game, um, they're recovering. It's quite positive. So, but we'll see. You know, we know Liam left on crutches. He didn't take full back training yet, or is that? Yeah, no, like the crutches thing is always a little bit, it makes it look, it's just trying to offload any pressure on his, um, doesn't mean he's done anything severe. Um, he was jogging about today uh, with, the, um, with the medics, so yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty positive. So good signs there for the Welsh and the question was actually put to Thomas straight after that whether Dan Bigger will be available to start for this side to which he plainly said yes he will. So a massive in there for them. The winner of this game will of course take on the winner of the All Blacks and Ireland in a semi-final as well. So health is going to be key for them. Next up France and South Africa of course Monday morning 8am in Paris this game will go down and the host open their campaign with a 27-13 victory over the All Blacks. Blacks. Need I remind you of that one before a less than convincing performance against Uruguay, before bouncing back with big wins against Namibia and Italy which saw them top Group A as they head into the quarterfinals in hot form and undefeated as well. But of course the big talking point for them has been around the injury to their skipper and whether he will be available for South Africa. The defending champs of course they bet Scotland first up in a tight physical encounter 18 points to 3. They then dispatched the Romania fair easily 70-0 before missed kicks at goal proved costly for them in a 13-8 defeat in to Ireland in the game that probably I still think has been the test match best test match sorry we've seen so far this year they then finished pool play with a 19 Oh, with a 49-18 win over Tonga, with the return of Andre Pollard being the headline of that one, before, of course, last weekend having the week off. So they come into this one fresh. It's going to be a massive clash. France is second in the world, South Africa third. Head-to-head, -head, they've played many a time. South Africa have won the majority of them, but France, they actually won the last meeting back in November 12, 2022. 
two by 30 points to 26. South Africa had won the seven straight games prior to that though, so they've certainly had the wood on them. Of course, like I mentioned, the big talking point though has been around DuPont, so here's the boss of South African rugby, Rassi Erasmus, on whether they expect him to come straight back into the French lineup and play in this game. Yeah, I think a lack of fitness won't be a problem with him. Uh, I think uh, I've actually never seen him sweat on the field. <laughs> I've never actually seen him, uh, you know, he's, he's so emotionless uh, when he plays and, and, and he always looks so in control. Uh, I, I Obviously, him being the captain and uh, obviously he's the whole country of France, I think the whole world has respect for him. Uh, so I don't think match fitness is something you can run. I've broke my jaw three times and, you know, you, you can actually get leaner because you won't eat so lacquer. Uh, so that's the first thing. And and, uh, um, and the next thing is you, you can run. And he's definitely not a guy who's afraid to tackle. He can do his, his kicking still, his passing still. And, and I'm sure when he goes into a test match, you know, he will do his tackles because uh, it's been three weeks, the surgeon cleared him. Uh, I have no doubt that uh, that he will play and, and will be a big challenge for us to try and to try and contain him. So there you have the thoughts of Rassi Erasmus. Interesting to hear he say he'd broken his jaw three times. He's a tough old operator, old Rassi, but much like him, I expect DuPont will be out there and he will be a key factor in, French, in the French's chances. Time now for your breakout performer, brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra in New South Wales. And this is hardly a player to watch, an up-and-comer or anything like that, more a stalwart of the all-black jersey, but someone that we've spoken about a lot already on TV today's show Aaron Smith. I personally think he's in career best form. He's the best passer in world rugby. I thought he pushed DuPont and arguably outpaid him in that World Cup opener too, but now he has a massive task up against him again and taking on fellow Kiwi Jamison Gibson Park, who is also at the top of his game and has been a key cog in this Irish wheel. Whoever wins that battle will go a long way to securing their side the win. And again, judging off Smith's body language from that press conference today, I think it's fair to say he'll be well and truly up for this clash but here's some of his highlights from that game against Italy where he ran in three tries now it shows some momentum Cody Taylor has the ball he'll have to give it back Will Jordan what are you doing in there he's at the base of this ball Aaron Smith wants it the ball to the line Aaron Smith I think has scored the try try indeed is awarded and I think the little halfback has another test match try Cody Taylor off the back here's Aaron Smith dummy to the line oh soft again he's gone past Varney He's gone past RBC and he's gone over for his second try. The All Blacks running riotingly on. It's 33 points to three. 26 and a half minutes gone. Swept away by Smith Moonga. Shot ball, Jordy Barrett. He's got Aaron Smith oh. on the inside. Patrick Hero, Aaron Smith dives in. So there you have it, Aaron Smith, your Breakout River Meats breakout performer. 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra and only found at your local independent butcher. Time now to jump to some news. And when we come back, it'll be myself and Brad chewing the fat on all things All Blacks. Decided you look well on me, well on me 
So let's go somewhere no one else can see you and me. Turn the lights out now. Now I'll take you by the hand. Hand you another drink. That's all right. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now. Jacob having a party in the producer Bro. booth. You gotta love that. It's witching hour for Jacob in the producer studio. <laughs> it certainly is, and yeah. you can hear Brad there. That is the dulcet voice you can hear blasting out over your radio. And mate, there was a lot of chat on the show just before around the All Blacks yeah. and some selections that potentially are in the rumor mill. Yeah, there's some. There's uh, there's certainly no plumbers within the All Blacks camp because there's a lot of leaks. Yeah. There's a lot of leaks coming out. And look, uh, I uh, a couple of people that I know have been getting good oil for this entire tournament on the All Blacks 23, mm. and not once have they been wrong. So there's there's clearly people that, that have their ear close to the ground, and there's someone within that environment that is leaking the team out. And I have heard from three sources today uh, the team for this side to play uh, Ireland, and all of them have the exact same 23. So, yeah, wow. um, yeah so, uh, and uh, it looks like uh, one contentious position, obviously, around the Finlay Christie uh, Cam Rogard discussion. It looks like Mark Talia has a hamstring injury potentially, and Fanganuku is playing instead of him. It's not a form thing, it's more hamstring. I mean, you can't drop Talia, he's been outstanding. But yeah. Finlay Christie versus Cam Rogard. Uh, I think when you look at the eye test as a fan, mm-hmm. I mean you're you're a better observer of rugby than myself. You've played um, at a decent, far more decent than myself with my two years at the Eden Rugby Club when I was about eleven years old, <laughs> uh, and then my mum pulled me out because I got I broke my leg. But uh, <laughs> when it comes to the eye test, Cam Royguard has passed it this entire season yeah. from the very first time I saw him playing for the Hurricanes. Just looks like a different player. I said to Beave a couple of weeks ago. He's like a cross between, you know, we had that great battle between Marshall and Callagher, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years ago for the All Blacks number nine. He's like both of them in one player. He's got Callagher's pass and Justin Marshall's tremendous running game. Yeah. Greatest running halfback the All Blacks have ever had, mm-hmm. Justin Marshall. Um, sometimes his pass led him astray. Cam Royguard's got the Byron Callagher pass. Uh, and Finlay Christie is a solid player. Good player. Best Blues halfbacks and Steve Devine probably. Yep. But Cam Roygaard's just better. Mm. And I understand that Foster's uh, problem with, with Roygaard is around defensive defensive issues. And also he does have a, you know, he's a, I did notice in the Uruguay game, a couple of times his pass was a little bit poor. Like mm. he almost was rushing it. I get that. But Roygaard can win you a game. Finlay Christie could, is probably a closer, but I don't, I don't see how with 20 minutes to go, Finlay Christie can come on, say the All Blacks are down 16-13. I don't see him coming on and making a difference. Yeah, agreed. I, I could see him coming on with the All Blacks leading by 20 points to 12 and shutting the game down. Uh, but he's like Aaron Smith light. You know, that, He's not yeah. as good as Aaron Smith. But he's the same player, if that makes sense. He's got a good pass. He's quick to the ruck. Uh, he's a good distributor. That that's that's it. But Cam Roygaard is a point of difference. And to win this tournament against the best teams in the world, and we've got two key games. It's the quarterfinal and the final because I think we'd be good enough with our second team to almost get past Wales uh, or Argentina in a quarterfinal. I'll touch wood on that yeah, one. Yeah, I'll touch it as uh, well. But you know, you'd expect if the All Blacks showed up to a game of rugby against the Pumas or Wales in a game that really, really matters, they're going to win that game. This is this is the game. They win this. You know, you can almost look at a World Cup final. And I just think we need difference makers. And that and Cam Roygaard can win you a game. I just hope 
surly. And it happened in the French game, that, and it ha- it's happened a lot this season, that the minute 60 ticks on the clock and Ian Foster has this automatic substitution for Aaron Smith. Yeah. Aaron Smith went off against the French. We didn't score another point in that game. They scored 14. So to me, uh, Aaron Smith needs to play as many minutes as possible if Finlay Christie is the backup halfback. Yeah, well, like you mentioned, that rumoured team, let's call it that, that yep. was the biggest surprise for me because for me, Cam Royguard, this game's perfect for him. Mm. Ireland, if we are going to beat them, we need to take them on around the ruck because yeah. they're so good there, yeah. right? So bringing in a Leicester makes sense. You mentioned it's for injury, but it makes even more sense because he's like having a ninth forward out there. But then Royguard's got that bigger body in that running game. And like you said, respectfully to Finlay Christie, if you wanted a like for like or close to with Aaron Smith, Brad Webber should Brad be Webber's your guy, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's an incredibly interesting decision. I wonder if it comes down to things like experience and things like that. But at the same time, Royguard at the start of the year, wasn't even meant to play for the Hurricanes. No. He's taken every level and every step and so looked, well. And looks like he belongs. Mm. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a peek inside Scott Robertson's 9-10 combination when Roy Gard and McKenzie were playing 9-10. And, yep. Mate, I'm excited. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I just like him. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm not a Hurricanes fan. I switched them on when they were playing the Blues. He was the best player on the field that day, uh, along with Mark Talaia. They were the two best players on the park by a long shot. He just looks good, and he looks like he's made for Test Rugby. Uh, and Ian Foster's stubbornness and, and his I just, you know, it comes down to the whole dual playmaker thing as well, Surly. Like four years ago, I was having the same conversations with my friends about, you know, having a 10-15 dual playmaker. Will Jordan's the best fullback in the world. And he's playing on the right wing. Yeah, you know, Bowden Barrett is a tremendous, tremendous first five eight. He's a good fullback, but you know, Will Jordan is world class, and there's a reason why he's dominated Super Rugby playing at fullback because he's really good. Yeah, you know, and he's great on the wing. He's arguably one of the best wingers in the world. But I just, just the and with Jordy Barrett playing at twelve, you have dual playmakers. Mm-hmm. Why do we need a third one? And these are the decisions that I think could end up costing this side. Uh, an opportunity a, a glory and you mentioned this could be Aaron Smith's last test match that would suck man because he's been a tremendous servant for the game uh, he's gone through personal adversity he's made some bad decisions in his life and he's come through the other end and uh, he's one of the most likable guys in New Zealand rugby we've had him on the run home he's yeah. a tremendous interview always very open and honest and I just hope that decisions made from coach, coaches um, and selections don't end up costing him uh, a chance to go out on a high and Sam Whitelock as well yeah, well, it would be a tragedy, wouldn't it? Because they're two of the great All Blacks. In terms of building up towards this game, each day I, I kind of, I don't change my opinion. I think the I All Blacks are going to win, but that's fueled purely by heart, and I've yeah. convinced my brain that that's going to happen. But where do you sit on a Wednesday, what, three days, four days out now? I think the All Blacks can win. I just don't know if they will. That's kind of where I sit. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch this Irish side, I'm more and more impressed. And... They just seem to, to, they remind me of, in a way, of the 2003 England side, which had a couple of superstars, you know, Johnny Wilkinson, Lawrence Del Alio, you know, mm. uh, and then they built that side around, uh, the, you know, those two players. And this Irish side has Johnny Sexton and Peter Omani, yeah. right, and Josh van der Fleer. And then they've got some solid, uh, they've got a very solid front row. Couple of great locks, Bundy Arkey, sensational. Couple of good wingers, a very good fullback, and and they remind me of that England side, and that England side just kept winning, 
even though I didn't think they'd win the next, they kept winning mm. the next test, they'd win it, the next test they'd win it, and they ended up winning 16 or 17 in a row. This Irish side doesn't know, they, they've forgotten how to lose early. The last time yeah. they lost was Eden Park uh, against the All Blacks, when the All Blacks had 20 minutes of brilliance. Mm. The other 60 minutes the Irish dominated. That could be the case this weekend. If the All Blacks can get a 15-minute window where they just snap and, they, and everything clicks, they can get f- far enough ahead. I don't know if this Irish team is a come-from-behind team. I think they are a, a get a lead, yeah. much like the box, and smother you. Whereas I think a France, they are a team that you'd always be scared of no matter what the score is. So for the All Blacks, I think the sweet point is eight points. Mm-hmm. You get to eight points in front, and I will feel confident that this team is good enough to get them to get them home. Eight point any time in the game, if they can get eight points in front, I think I think the All Blacks can win this game. So the start is crucial. Cannot cannot lose a player to discipline. No, great call. And just quickly, you mentioned the Springboks there. That's probably the Ooh. other quarterfinal you're interested in, right? Quick fire. What do you reckon? Springboks, France. I've got the box. If Anton Dupont plays eighty minutes, I think France will win. There if we he, go. If he doesn't, Springboks. And, and I think the Springboks will win this tournament if New Zealand don't. So I don't think I don't think Ireland can beat the Springboks twice. Andre Pollard plays that game in pool play, they win. Yeah, hundred so, percent. And go Fiji. Yeah, go Fiji. And then yeah. Wales, Argentina, Pumas, Pumas. Yeah. So a couple southern sides in there. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Bucking yeah. the trend, which everyone else has got. I love that. Right. Time now for a break. When we come back, we'll look ahead of that schedule for this weekend's games here on SENZ. Absolute banger that tune, haven't heard that one in a while, but welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, of course, here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota, Kubota's in-stock catalogue out now, and a look ahead to the weekend schedule, of course, four massive games, you can catch them all here live on SENZ, Sunday morning from 3.30am, the build-up will start with kickoff at 4am, Wales versus Argentina, Sammy Hewitt and Steve Devine are on the call for that one, then following that, the big one, from 7am, of course, she builds up, 8 o'clock kickoff. Ireland versus New Zealand with Daniel McCarty and Corey Jane in the hot seat there. Then Monday morning she's a double header again with England taking on Fiji. Build up from 3.30 and kick off from 4 with Sammy Hewitt and Steve Devine. And then following that, France versus South Africa. The hosts up against the defending champs. Scotty Stevenson and Ant Strawn on the call there. That kick off again at 8am. So four massive games and you can catch them all here live on SENZ. Just quickly before we wrap up for today, a text coming through. Thoughts on Shooter re-signing with the Chiefs in Harbour Surly. Yeah, look, it's great for New Zealand rugby, isn't it? We mentioned before Roy Gard and McKenzie potentially being that 9-10 duo in 2024 for the All Blacks. I personally think your Talia, Sean Stevenson, Will Jordan could well be our back three combo too, so to keep him in our country is great stuff. But that's us for Rugby World Cup today for your Wednesday night. Cheers for tuning in. Thanks to Jacob and Brad. We'll be back again tomorrow night. Make sure you tune in here on SENZ. There's a dream